Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And who showed up? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Showed out. Chris Paul, he'll put up a three-pointer. Shazam! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. A playoff career high 41. Chris Paul, you don't guard me, I'll make you pay. And he's jarring threes. Three-point range, he'll shoot it and get it. Shazam! And the foul. He's knocked down. He's doing it all last night. If we do what we're supposed to do, I'll get the last laugh. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. Co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another. Michael Smith, plus Super Bowl champion quarterback Joe Theismann. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air here on July 1st. So much going on, and yet um, it it doesn't involve actual action, what's going on today. It involves cutting a check to Bobby Bonilla. It involves... Uh, cutting checks to uh, college athletes who want to make money off of their name, image, or likeness. Today a, oh man, is day one money. of the first day of the rest of the life of anybody involved in so-called amateur athletics. We had Jay Billis on yesterday's program, and he he called it was the end of amateurism in college athletics. The end, the death of amateurism, officially. You know, he thinks that obviously the way things have gone over the last, you know, at least quarter century shows you that um, it was dead anyway, just held up as uh, um, an image, to use the phrase of the day, that that no longer really was accurately describing what we saw. Another thing that uh, today is that uh, involves no action, 10 weeks from today, Our friends at NBC Sports will be welcoming you to your NBC television affiliate and inviting you to sit down and watch the beginning of the National Football League season with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and Michelle Tafoya and the rest of the stellar NBC Sunday Night Football gang for Thursday night, the raising of a banner in Tampa Bay. Wow. Ten weeks from tonight when the Dallas Cowboys, according to T.J. Jefferson and even Michael Irvin, will lose. That's our prediction as well, right? Yeah, you coerced me into that. Like, if this was okay. like something that had you to do with real detectives, you want to do it again? This will be thrown out. Yeah, want mulligan? Yeah, it's been about a month. Do you want to go back and run through the schedule? <laughs> no, because it'll be you'll be more mad this time when I no, get you. Actually, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do that in August. Love it. We'll do that in August when 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 the Cowboys will already have been in Oxnard and they'll be working out. And we'll be, have gone up there and, and seen them yeah. first. Oh, By the way, they just got going? announced today. Are you, you going to go? The Oxnard schedule. Yeah, I think I think we're going to head up and try to do something. You mean for the show? You mean like yeah, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you want a credential because we can do that. Yeah, no, I've, I did it a few years ago. You guys are fully vaxxed. You'll be in, you, you'll yeah. be allowed tier one, tier two access. Yeah, we'll be well there. because of my relationship with the team. I'm, I'm allowed pretty much. I'm sure anywhere. TJ's coming. That's okay. all I need to do is just call up Rich Dal Ripple and just say TJ's coming and hang the phone up. It's like a bat signal. He understands. He understands. Got it. You might have to throw in Rich. You might have to go like Ashton's friend TJ, and then he'll definitely Ashton's friends. TJ. He'll definitely remember. That's me the second Ashton me. reference today. Well, you can't, you brought I up did the, the first, first one. Yeah. Well, See, you also just got the ball rolling with the Soderberg drop, like yeah. in the first. Yeah, yeah. Of the I mean, show. you know he loves to like pick on me you for that, I mean? but like I'm. <laughs> 
And then he called my car a hoopty, by the way. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> this is the Rich Eisen Show. Thanks, Mr. Feller. Appreciate that. Also, Rich, on the, on the 10 weeks to the start of the season, I, I, I feel like we make, we're able to say this every year, but I really think this is going to be the greatest NFL uh, season of all time. I, I, I love it. You know, <laughs> Why the fact, do you think that? Well, I, mean, I just think that with, no, with fans back in the stands, like every team right. has announced fully, you okay, know, yeah. fully capacity stadiums. And I just think the anticipation, Tom Brady winning last year certainly yes. has kind of ramped that up a little bit. And the fact that he beat yes. the Chiefs and Mahomes in the Super Bowl, everyone kind of expects them, I don't know, maybe to repeat, but at least get back there again. Mm-hmm. I just think the hype is through the roof. Trevor Lawrence with some of these young quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, kind of making the leap. I just I just feel it. I feel like the hype is going to be like never before and yeah, the anticipation be and the excitement, fans being back, is obviously the, the number one thing. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm hearing the NFL's got some plans for training camp to try and celebrate their turn of fans before the Hall of Fame that has not one but two days worth of speeches yeah. to lead into a, uh, a preseason that will have fewer games and then 17 regular season games. Right. That's another reason yeah, that why too. that this is yeah. another one. We'll see how right. that works. I think it will be the same way that we viewed that um, seventh playoff team. Like, what do we need it for? Oh, until it actually happens. And, and then it ended up being amazing. And we were triple all on headers board. Of yeah. football, you know, and um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And um, exciting. exciting. I'm excited. So, I know. so, so and we'll talk uh, to Rick Stroud uh, coming up in about um, 15 minutes time about um, what the, pay, what the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are up to. And what they have been up to, and um, one thing I definitely want to ask him is, who does he think the uh, MFR is, and the team that uh, was in on Brady up until they weren't? And because every beat writer and every person that's been around a team for as long as Rick Stroud's gone, gone, there's no question in my mind that at some point during a down period, even when you know the, when reporters were zooming with each other, at some point he's had a conversation with people about, well, what did go down with Tom what did happen with Tom and um so I can't wait to ask him what he thinks you think he'll be tight-lipped like you were about your curbs yes yes because he doesn't want to come like I I would proffer to say he you know even if he does know definitively he's not going to come out and say oh yeah I found this out you know and 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 I'm not talking about curb because I want to go back (laughs) you know I want to go back I want to be back in that room in the edit bay and giving my two cents on on what I saw with Curb and giving suggestions to Larry David about mm-hmm. what I think should be done with the episode. Those are great things. And you see, unlike the fact you, that I have that that I could be even viewed as a welcome voice in yeah, a room like that is, that is one tremendous. of the coolest things of all time. That is pretty dope. And so um, I'm not going to say another word about it because it might even <laughs> see if it seems like I'm like honestly, every single person that's in that room kind of looks at each other when we when we see one another. No, when we see one another for the first time, we kind of nod at each other like, yep, we got the call again. And every single one of us when we leave says as we're walking in the car, like, I thought for a second I wasn't getting the call this time. And with the fact that it hasn't happened yet, we're like, you know, like, and then one guy even told me, I, I don't want to say any names, you know, his assistant told him, you know, hey, guess what you got today? I'm like, what? The call. <laughs> so it's and he just totally call, understood it's it. Just, yeah, you got the call. It's just known when you you're get still in because you don't know if you're still in until you're in. And it's right. I, 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 I personally, I don't think that 
there by they it's jeff schaefer you know is one of the of most down-to-earth funny people you'll ever meet yep. and larry i don't think they're sitting around like how can we mess with the heads of everybody like that no they're actually you know going about their business of making a television show and it's ready when it's ready and it's like oh by the way we need to get some people in here to right and the only time eyes. that they even have a conversation as to who's invited who's not is somebody going on their nationally televised and uh broadcast <laughs> radio show and giving away things that he shouldn't give away i respect that rich and you know chris i would have and unlike rich who didn't respect my prices right boundaries and he asked me every day what happened i will respect that and i'm not going to ask him on air what happened during that but off air we're, we're going to push him prod right sure. and then i'll give you the same thing you gave me off the air too which was nothing, nothing. okay <laughs> you didn't even tell your own mother what was going on in your prices right you could not that's right you could not well like susie Actually, and you know jeff what? are that, good right in the first episode and like so, <laughs> yeah, yeah i can't even okay. i can't even right, I'm, I'm not even going to say anything right, just, i will say you know, nothing i'm just trying I will say nothing other than the fact it was just a pure pleasure to see the fact that it's going to happen again and it's happening again and it's coming again and it's just the greatest. But it's like October maybe? No, like, an o- like an October Hey, release? Brockman, it's cool because Garland's coming in soon. We'll yeah, that's make next trick oh, yeah, that's that's He's spending all day, yeah. uh, one week from today in studio. Oh, fantastic. He says he wants to come and he wants to sit here all day. All and three hours? Part of all three hours, literally. Wow. He doesn't want to go. He wants to answer phone calls. He wants to be part of the mix. He wants to interview people. He just wants That's to be great. here. God bless him. He, you know, he watches whenever he, you know, whenever he gets the chance or he sees what we do clearly on our Instagram feed. He's you, upset yeah, with he's, me. He's locked him out with your with your fake Russell Wilson's coming to the Bears Instagram. It's April Fool's Day, I, man. I understood. Like, look at the date. I get it. So, um, <laughs> we're seeing with the name, image, and likeness. Um, laws on the books that are now officially taking place today and the fact that players are going to start getting money for making appearances, start getting money for using their autographs to make money. They're going to start getting money for their image, their likeness, all of that. Now, you know, they're supposedly still not allowed to get money to actually come to a university and play for a team. Right or get some sort of extra benefits because they chose a university over another. That's still verboten. But the fact that this is happening for players to make money off of their name, image, and likeness, and what Jay Billis pointed out yesterday, the latest guest of ours to talk about this subject yesterday, um, the way what he pointed out, rightfully so, is that this is just the beginning of the end. This is the obvious beginning of the end. The slippery slope is coming and that we're going to see players getting paid for their services to actually attend a university. Not just, hey, you've attended a university and you're doing your stuff as a, as a student amateur athlete and uh, we'll, make, we'll, we'll, we'll pay you for your services to promote X, Y, and Z, right? So everybody's deciding that because we're, we've begun that slippery slope, that the NCAA, Jay actually tweeted this out and Instagrammed it out after he appeared here yesterday, that the NCAA should basically acknowledge that this is the beginning of the end and that the way that they've handled their business with student-athletes who have been caught taking extra benefits should be overturned. That, for instance, Reggie Bush should get his Heisman back and he should get his statistics back. And that the Fab Five should get the banners back, right? And here's where I stand on it. I think individual records should be restored. I think Reggie should get his Heisman. I think he should get his statistics. 
And I think my alma mater should not get its banners back. Interesting. That the reason why is that the player and his performance or her performance on a quarter of field, I don't think was affected one way or another by the benefits that they got. Maybe they got a, maybe Reggie got a better night's sleep than others because he was in an, uh, in, a, in a condo or an apartment that he wouldn't have had. Well, I think otherwise. the house is for his parents. Right. So it's like, I, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I don't. Right. 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 I'm not sitting here thinking, you know what? He would have had a worse game. Sure. He would have. He wouldn't have been one of the more generationally talented collegiate players that we've ever seen. Ever seen. If he didn't have that extra benefit, but the fact that he was on this team and they got that far with him choosing this team because of what benefits were coming his way, that I have a problem with. Because what if the other teams were actually playing under the rules that were taking place? That's when I see something like that, and I'm. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking like, should, should, uh, should the Cowboys have first and goal in Green Bay on that playoff day? Should the Raiders get the football back in the New England snow? The rule at the time, at the time was, was not a catch for Dez right. and not a fumble for Tom. Correct. I'm triggered right now, man. But you know what I'm saying? The rules at the time were the rules at the time. Right. And to now say that the rules are changing now, the rules are completely different now, we should now go back and restore the team records that were taken away because of amateurism that is clearly, or the concept of amateurism and rules that are protecting that are clearly a sham because we're seeing they were also illegal. An antitrust violation that Brett Kavanaugh, in a concurring opinion from the Supreme Court bench, basically said, hey, everybody, you want to sue the NCAA to start paying players? Bring it. There's a very welcome presence here in the Supreme Court, certainly in front of my portion of it. That we should now go ahead and say, well, if it's a sham now, and it was proven to be illegal now and a sham now, that means it was then too. So let's put the banners for the Fab Five back or whichever team got a a player there illegally due to some sort of benefit that they could have stopped or knew about. What if the other team wasn't doing that? What if the other team was playing by those rules? You know what I'm saying? But Reggie, the fact that you you took impermissible benefits, so you don't get a Heisman Trophy for your clearly superior work on the field. You don't you don't your records don't exist because you took money. That I think is absurd. Right. It was absurd to begin right. with. It's absurd to begin with. And and Reggie came out today. You know, well, well, well. Look what we have here. He, this is his tweet from yesterday, and he 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 sent out a. Uh, a statement today as well um, through his spokesperson, Denise White, basically saying that he's reached out to the NCAA and the Heisman Trust to say, hey, how about my records restored and my Heisman back? And so far, radio silence. I thought it was ridiculous to take it from him to begin with because, again, I don't believe that he, 
that kid who had the 619 underneath his eyes on his eye black representing his hometown in Southern California for the University of Southern California uh, was any better of a runner or a receiver or anything because of what was happening off the field. I don't believe so. But if USC was made better because he chose them over another team because those benefits were there. Right, that's a different story. That to me is kind of a different story because everyone else was playing under the supposedly right. under the same rules that were being broken. So that's my kind of two cents on all of that. What kind of you didn't think I'd come in here and say give Reggie's Heisman back, but don't give me my basketball team right. the, the the banners back? You know, right? I I, mean, I didn't. But to ban somebody like you I can't didn't. like Reggie can't even have any contact with the school for as long as he was couldn't have any contact with the school. I mean that's now now that we see that that sort of punishment was for behavior that is a violation of antitrust most likely, and so potentially illegal, and then clearly a, a total sham. If their NCAA is now like, okay, you can pay players for your name, image, and likeness, you know, and you could say he was getting or his family got benefits for his name, image, and likeness. You can make you can connect those dots. Maybe I just I just like you know. Uh, for some reason, I sit here and I think rules are the rules at the time, just in the same way that the the Raiders are not going to get the ball back on that snowy playoff right. night in New right, England, right, right. and the Dallas Cowboys are not going to get first and goal in Green Bay. And think about the fortunes that would change if those things were different. Oh yeah, the the Tuck rule was ruled to be was shown to be a complete sham years later, a total sham, which it was at the time too, as if taking a football from up top in the throwing position and bringing it down is not the clear indication that I choose not to throw anymore. Mm -hmm. But instead of a fumble, we're going in an incomplete pass, which after a while, the NFL realized that's stupid. Oh, yeah, somebody who can actually catch a football and make two strides, that's the actual length of a first down because he's such a physically gifted receiver and athlete. Let's now use that against him in whether he's going to the ground for catch where the two steps that he is to going to the ground actually amasses almost as many yards as a first down. And let's say he's still going to the ground and that's thus still trying to complete the catch. Let's rule that incomplete. And years later, the NFL realized, well, that's stupid. <laughs> in the same way that we're all sitting here saying, well, it, you know, we took the banners away because somebody's getting money, which college players are certainly going to get well that was stupid at the time let's restore them uh, i don't think it works that way i don't think it works that way and maybe maybe just maybe if collegiate players make enough money one day you can put a bunch of uh cash together uh for the ogs who made it happen like ed o'bannon you know he's what i mean he started the whole thing so you can go back and make make a fun for all those collegiate athletes who, yeah, but like who set the stage. Some of these guys, the amount of money that they would have gotten. Oh, please! Like I know that was another meme on on Twitter yesterday. Like name name a player who would have made the most money off of his name, image, and likeness. And what would Jordan have made? Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean I think, you're just, just you know talking I mean? about Reggie. Magic Bird. Yeah. Just talking about Reggie please. since he's here. What would 
Reggie Bush and Matt Leinard oh would gosh. have gotten those USC teams, as you know, if you yeah, were in LA were at that time, teams. they were the biggest thing in the city when, of Los Angeles. Dude, Susie was on the Southern California Sports Report. My wife was going to fill in for, for in this chair while I'm doing Tokyo Gold for the Olympics for a while on Peacock. She was covering, when she was doing the Southern California Sports Report and covering all the teams here in Southern California, Angels winning the World Series. Okay. She was covering Shaq, Kobe, Phil, Lakers. And at times, the biggest story was what was happening with Pete Carroll at USC. No question. Think about that. Some of the biggest stories that this town is, sports stories in the last 25, 30 years that she was covering. I already mentioned the Dodgers and whatever the heck they were up to at the time. Shaq, Kobe, and Phil. And sometimes they got knocked off the page because of what USC and Pete Carroll and Reggie Bush and Matt Liner were doing. Yeah, USC were kings. Huge. We've had those guys. Was, Lendale White. Yes, Snoop Dogg at practice doing right. concerts. Please. And, like, come on. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. And then Reggie not even being on the field against Texas. We'll leave it at that. That was a huge sports story. That was yeah. that was as huge as it gets. Yeah. Lendale should have got that first down. <laughs> 844-204-RICH, number to dial. When we come back, we check in with the defending Super Bowl champions in Tampa and then also still to come on this hour. I've got a couple more tweaks for the NBA um, replay system. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to bring it to the NBA. I'm going to say, Commissioner Silver, you're welcome. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Congratulations, Bruce. Congratulations. Oh, man. It's, it's still, it's just sank in about halfway up the river holding a Lombardi trophy and the Shed a tear, say, holy 
that we did this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Coach, it really is a remarkable run that your team went on, obviously, from week 12 all the way through to that podium. And, and it's interesting. See, it, it didn't happen until the boat parade where it actually sunk in to you, huh? Yeah, it really did. I mean, I was going, I mean, okay, we got to Lombardi, we're on the boat. Everybody's there, fans on both sides. And then we hit a certain spot. There was like fans hanging out of buildings and, and hotels and top rooftops. So I'm like, I got to Lombardi and I'm like, even with my bad shoulder, I got it over my head going, all right, we we won the damn Super Bowl. Now, when on Super Sunday did you say first cross your mind, Bruce? You've been there, done that, obviously, so you know anything can can change. Where you thought, okay, this this I think this is going to happen tonight. When was that for you? Not until Devin's interception at the end. I mean, you know, Patrick has come back so many times. He's such a great player, and uh, until we intercepted that ball, that there's just not enough time for them to get it back and uh, <laughs> get us and. Uh, I put that hat on, and uh, all of a sudden, I got my first Gatorade bath. Uh, that actually hit me, because the only other one I ever had was back at Temple, but I had brought a bander suit, and I was not going to let them get me. I was quick back then, right? They couldn't catch me. <laughs> right. and, uh, but I just sat there, and, and, when, and when the Gatorade hit me, it was like, I've been waiting for this for like 30 years. When you were here, Bruce, uh, on the show, okay, and you were – you were talking to me, I believe it was just after you left Arizona, and you said that you had retired as a family from coaching because you had mentioned that your wife was was kind of through with the ups and downs of coaching and maybe some of the health scares for you. And now I'm just wondering if you wouldn't mind just getting a little bit personal about what this sensation is for you now that you've won it all. You came back and you got that Yeah, trophy. I mean, we actually just got off a plane back here at the lake and, and to be home. Uh, what she's been through for the last 50 years is, you know, our, our 50th wedding anniversary is June 12th mm. and hopefully COVID is over by then and we can have a party. But, uh, I mean, what she's been through moving her 19 times and, um, getting, getting back here. Um, she's enjoyed this process this year as much as anybody. And I wouldn't have gotten back in coaching if she wasn't all in. And uh, she's been all in, and Tampa's made it so, so special. Again, I cannot thank the Glazier family enough uh, for everything they've done for my family. One of our favorites, Bruce Arians, kind enough to be a a regular presence here on the Rich Eisen Show. Back here uh, with our radio and uh, streaming television family, all one big happy family. Um, So we've got our, uh, our, our next guest on the phone line, Chris Brockman. Yes, he is. Ten weeks, as we've mentioned, ten weeks from tonight is when Thursday night in Tampa kicks off a 2021 season and the Buccaneers raise a banner with the Dallas Cowboys in their house. Tampa Bay Times Buccaneers reporter Rick Stroud here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Rick? I'm doing well, Rich. When you say ten weeks, man, that sounds like it's ten days to me. So, um going to be exciting for sure well i know and that's why i figured you know what i know we're a couple weeks away from training camp and a couple weeks removed from from um mini camp and things like that and everyone's on vacation including you and i appreciate you taking the time to 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 call into the show and what what is the state of the franchise uh of the team that uh has a great chance to be the first repeat since brady's patriots team of the aughts rick you know, it's kind of surreal. I mean, they're they're euphoric, obviously. Um, what happened last year, I'm not sure anybody 
as completely processed. You know, they're going to get their rings coming up here, I think, on the 22nd of July. I think that's where you put a bow on, on last season. But with all that transpired from, from Brady, you know, choosing the Buccaneers, um, the pandemic, the lack of training camp, all of that, the 7-5 and five start, you know, to pull off what they did uh, with a 43-year-old quarterback as great he, as he is, is really remarkable. And, uh, you know, uh, to get all 22 starters back That's and crazy. re-signed um, and Brady to be more familiar with the offense and, and his players, um, I, I think they have a great chance uh, of repeating. We know how ridiculous that sounds, how hard that is to do. He's the last one to do it in 03-04 with the Patriots. So, um, yeah, the, the, there's not a seat in the house, Rich. You can't buy a, a regular – you know, game day ticket. You have to be a season pass member. That's and they have a waiting list. That's how good it is. Is that right? I mean, that is incredible, Rick. Because if we just, you know, uh, snapped right back, just flash frame right back to this point last year, mm-hmm. what you everything you just said would have been the ultimate dream scenario for the yeah. Bucks in signing Tom Brady. Everything that you said from the fact of winning it all and there's now a wait for season tickets and they wouldn't lose anybody from winning it all in terms of their starters or coaching staff, right? Nobody, they, they didn't get poached at all. Correct. That's, or, that's the biggest thing, Rich, you know, you talk about uh, having that many players back and, and those guys are all really good players. Some of them are, are older though. Let's not be naive. You mm-hmm. know, when you have an Indomitian Sue and a Jason Pierre, Paul, uh, generally, you know, players don't get more productive and less hurt as they get older in this league. So, you know, every year is different. There's no doubt about that. But the biggest return are the two coordinators. I mean, you know, start with Todd Bowles in the job that he did with that young defense. You know, they got experience up front, obviously, with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul and Domicon Sue. Um, but then you look at the young linebackers. Of course, Levante David's a veteran. He's back. But Devin White, that secondary is all young. And the job that they did and how they improved, a guy like Vita Vea able to come back in the playoffs, I think made all the difference. And so now year three with Todd Bowles, who who got two or three interviews but wasn't hired, same thing could be said about Byron Leftwich, who I think is going to be a rising star in this league. Look, Tom Brady has made a lot of head coaches of his coordinators. This may be the next one. But that continuity on that coaching staff is what allows Bruce Arians you know, to – to be sort of the CEO coach that he is. And I, I just think that all of that is so very important. Ten weeks from tonight, again, the Buccaneers hosting the Cowboys to kick off the 2021 season in Tampa and Tampa Bay Times reporter Rick Stroud here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, so let's just uh, play a hypothetical here. We're all drinking with Arians right now, okay? We're, we're a few we're a few uh, fingers into the drink, right? Um <laughs> And we ask him, your biggest concern for the season is what? What does he say, do you think? Win or lose, we booze, baby. Uh, that's right. He's going uh, <laughs> to say injuries. You know, I think that's the thing that, that most coaches fear. You know, the NFL is a war of attrition. And we saw with the Kansas City Chiefs, as great as Patrick Mahomes is, and he was terrific, uh, even in that game, they chased him some 500 yards. If you get some injuries in some bad places, like like offensive tackle, um, like the Chiefs, uh, you know, did, uh, it can wreck your season. And, you know, I, I think Bruce has been smart. He's got a veteran team. Um, if you watch him, Rich, during the week, you know, these guys that are up there in the in age, even including Brady, who was struggling with that knee injury that we know about, 
um, you know, he gives them days off. And, you know, late in the season, especially with the 17th game this year, they may not practice at all until maybe Friday or, or even then, depending on what they're dealing with. So I think Bruce does as good a job as any coach trying to, to manage the workload, you know, during the week. And, and we saw that in the off season. They cut down the OTAs um, to about uh, 10 days. It was mostly backups and rookies. Um, Brady did his thing on the side. He came in for the mandatory minicamp. And what was remarkable, Rich, was watching these guys. They had been working on the side. And I know this is easy to say, but they were so precise and, and maybe the season was so long they didn't have that much time off. But I think they could have beaten half the teams on their schedule when they came back in for the three-day minicamp. Huh. So, look, I mean, the, the optimism is high. But, uh, but I would say, you know, going back to your original question, I think injuries. I think if you stay healthy – you got a lot of older players. That's the only thing they would fear. And, you know, Rick, it, it, the, the relationship with Brady and Arians, it's amazing. Um, and Brady and the organization, it is amazing. It is exactly what they wanted. It's exact. The first year is exactly what they wanted. And being positioned for year two is exactly what they wanted. And, you know, it was long gone or the... You know, was it really Brady's fault or was it Mike Evans' fault in that week one interception that wasn't the pick six, right? I mean, like, it's those are long gone and they may never come back and they shouldn't. But the question is right now, um, that's my long-winded setup, for having Arians and Jason Light on the show, Rick, and I've asked them both about their relationship with Brady, and they both were talking openly about texting him. Light was like, hey, I texted him about, what about Gio Bernard? And uh, and and uh, Arians is like I texted him. What, what about what you know? What guys are you thinking about in the draft, right? And I'm wondering if those guys are you know they answer the question if they're proud to say this sort of stuff because they know it messes with everybody else's quarterback franchise relationship in the NFL. <laughs> what do you what do you think, Rick? What well, think? we've seen that dynamic obviously with Aaron Rodgers, and I, I oh, think yeah. that uh, you know the the quarterback. Uh, our stars in this league, they're realizing their power. Now, Tom was a free agent, so he could choose his situation. And obviously, there really isn't anything I think they would say no to Tom Brady about. Um, you know, but the relationship still still had to be bonded. I mean, he, he knew about Bruce Arians. I think he knew what to expect in talking to Peyton Manning and other guys he had coached. Uh, but look, when he called him out in week one, uh, I know Tom eventually said all the right things about, you know, well, I want to be coached hard. He's the coach. And, you know, so what? I think it stung him a little bit, and I don't think that's the way he wanted to start the relationship. And, you know, there were a lot of things with that offense that Tom needed that he didn't have to start the year, and we saw that evolve. And I think that's a credit to that relationship, which took some time to build. You know, Byron Leftwich was doing the offense pretty much by himself uh, in, in, in conjunction with Brady. Bruce was – it's his offense, but he was hands-off in terms of game planning. It took them about 11 or 12 weeks to figure out, hey, we need to more commitment to running the ball. We need some play action. You know, we need these things for Tom because you can't just drop back and, you know, you know, throw it down the field every play, which is what Bruce wants to do with a 43-year-old quarterback. So it's been a work in progress. I think Tom has changed everything in the organization. I've, I've seen it from afar, but now seen it up close, Rich. Never known a player um, that I've covered anyway that everybody in the organization wants to please. I mean, to the point where – you know, it's a cliche, you know, the cook has to cook better and they have to clean the, 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 the meeting rooms better and all of that. But these guys don't want to disappoint Tom Brady. And, and they know he, he's been to the, to the dance more than anybody else. 
He's won the most Super Bowls, and it's really changed the culture of the franchise. I think as much as anything, that's that's what the Bucks were after. They'll take the Lombardi trophies, don't get me wrong, but you know he brought a, a work ethic and a precision to this franchise that they had been lacking in a, in a culture that Bruce Arians was trying to you know, trying to instill, but, you know, winning is culture, right? It's a chicken and the egg thing. Uh, this guy has won more than any quarterback, and that's what he has now with the Bucks. You know, it's crazy. Rick Stroud of Tampa Bay Times here in the Rich Eisen Show covers the Bucks, uh, world champion Bucks. It's crazy, you know, what you just said, and many people might be seeing it, hearing it, and, and saying, of course, they're going to roll out the red carpet for Tom Brady and do whatever the heck he wants, and there's nothing that they'll say no to and things like that, but... That's an out, it's such an outlier in the NFL that it has messed with other quarterbacks' heads. Yeah. It really, you, you know, so so that's why I'm saying like maybe Light and Arians don't mind kind of puffing their chests out about it and saying, yeah, sometimes a simple way is the right way, and, yeah. and 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 it's still my team as a coach, and it's still Light's front office. Like yeah. they they've they've hit the motherload, the Bucks, in a way that other franchises won't attempt or they're afraid to attempt or refuse to attempt depending on the philosophies as we're seeing in green bay in a way it's kind of crazy rick you know yeah. and there, there's not many uh you know quarterbacks you would do that for right, right. no I mean, sure. um aaron Rodgers would be one you would think you but would again think. you know jason is is you know he i think he gets a little shaped when people say well you know tom is the gm and 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 he's not obviously and and i suppose there might be a player that he's asked about and they've said no to i don't know i don't know the one that that would include at this point but um in as much as you know yeah i i think that it is changing the culture of of the position and i think you're going to see more movement um you know look uh, matthew stafford goes to the rams i think that might be the biggest acquisition of the off season right that might that might change the entire nfc who knows um but you know, matching these players with these situations at that position can put you over the top. Um, there's no more more important position in the game. So if you have one, um, you might want to listen to them, especially one that you know has played as, as long as guys like Rodgers and, and, uh, and Brady. Like I said, there's not too many of them you would do that for, um, but certainly they were willing to do it here. And, um, you know, I think Brady also, look, he, he benefited from a, a change of scenery. You know, he – he got all he, he squeezed all he could out of the Patriots and Bill Belichick, and, and we can debate forever who was more responsible. It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, those guys won more than anywhere. And but but it's refreshing for him. I mean, Tom, you know, we saw Vodka Katila Tequila Tom, you know, at the boat parade. We saw him on social media all the time. He's you know enjoys the warm weather, which is good for his forty three year old body. There's so much he gained, and Bruce Arians, who couldn't be. You know, more than 180 degrees away from his approach than Bill Belichick was. So all of those things, I think, factored into Brady being at his best as well. Rick Stroud, a couple more minutes left with uh, the Tampa Bay Times reporter that's been covering the Bucks for, for a long time here on the Rich Eisen Show on the day at 10 weeks until the kickoff to the NFL season 2021. You just mentioned that we've seen vodka, vodka tequila Tom. We've also seen carpool karaoke Tom. We've seen trash talking, uh, golfing Tom, and then we just saw uh, dishing Tom on the shop on HBO with LeBron <laughs> and also yeah. Maverick Carter and Chelsea Handler and Draymond Green, et cetera. And so um, you, I'm sure, have had conversations, whatever you might be willing to share, about Tom's free agency tour that wound up 
him choosing uh, Tampa. Do you have any educated guess on which team he was referring to and which quarterback was the MFer that he referred to on the shop? <laughs> Rick, do you have any guess there? Well, I mean, look, I think every team that, that uh, had an interest in him have all assumed that it's them, right? So that's that's mission accomplished by Brady. Um, you know, I, I mean, love that's that. Really probably what he was after in the first place. I mean, the thing about Tom, and he said it, he said it in the barbershop or whatever, is that 90% of what he says is complete BS. That's what he said. You know what? I thought it was 95%, but it turns out it's only 90 um, Speaking as somebody who's been on the business end of all of that, whether it's ninety or ninety-five percent, somebody. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but but look, I mean, you know, yeah, he he looked at all these teams, and it, it, look, if I had to guess, yes, please. I mean, if you're just asking, I an educated guess. Yeah. Um, the teams that I think he really considered, I think San, I think the 49ers were the ones that were in the toughest position i don't know who the hell tom was thought. like i said he probably wanted all of them to believe it but the 49ers were in a situation with garoppolo from a contractual standpoint i think they would have loved to have had brady and, and there wasn't a team think about tom brady grew up in the bay area right yep um his heroes were montana and young here was a chance to go to a team that he knew was going to be very good um to his hometown team and they were stuck i mean they were stuck with garoppolo uh, they couldn't get out from under that contract. And even if they wanted to, they couldn't trade him. So that's that's kind of, I think, it, it, you know, just, just looking at the tea leaves here, I mean, where would he want to go more than Tampa Bay? I know I've heard, you know, well, New Orleans was it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I think the Chargers were in it. I know oh, yes. the Bucks were definitely in it because he signed there. Um, there was a time when I'm sure he did talk to Sean Payton or his allies did, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the 49ers were probably the one that was that was stuck, you know, that might have pulled the trigger on it, but just simply couldn't get out. And I mean, you know, where did Jimmy Garoppolo come from, right? A guy that, that Tom knew very, very well. But again, haven't talked to him about it. My guess is he wants all those guys to think that they they screwed him. I know? love that, by the <laughs> way. I think Rick, I think that I think you're spot on right there. But I do think there is an actual team. Um, the one I guess, and then I'll let you go. The one that I guess is the Titans, because I remember, you know, uh, the Vrabel FaceTime of 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 Edelman and Brady just before the pandemic when they were at a Syracuse college basketball game in the Carrier Dome. That the Titans, yeah. I, th- I remember the Titans were interested. I remember that being a very found, well-founded rumor, and they uh-huh. they had a decision to make on Tannehill right at the same time. They had to yeah. make that decision on Tannehill, and I think they. He said to Tom, "You know, we're we're going to stick with our guy, and that may that may be the the guy in question. You know, that's that's my guess, Rick, at least. Hey, and and it's as good as mine or anyone else's. That's, only Tom knows, and I assure you, he'll be the only one that will know. I know I got to let you go, Rick, but I do want to give you a couple minutes before we go. You tweeted about it today. Monty Kiffin's going into the Ring of Honor this fall in Tampa. What what are your recollections of the the DC? Uh, of all those terrific Buccaneer teams that have sent so many people to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Well, and I think you start there, right? Um, you know, Tony Dungy, uh, look, it was a great defensive mind of his own, but he turned that thing over to Monty early on, and they took a franchise that had not won for decades and, and turned it around and, and made it a perennial playoff contender, went to a championship game. Uh, eventually, Monty was on with John Gruden when they won the Super Bowl. 
Um, just the character of the game, in addition to being a great defensive coordinator, when you can handle personalities like Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, and John Lynch, uh, as varied as those guys are, um, and Simeon Rice thrown in there, you're doing something well. And, you know, Monty, uh, I, I, I'm great, glad to see it because I think a lot of times assistant coaches get overlooked mm-hmm. by their contributions. There's not too many on, hall, on Ring of Honors. So um, just happy for him. And uh, all his players will be there. He's beloved. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I'm just glad that he gets his, his day in the sun because uh, he certainly deserves it. And also that means Lane gets to be back in the NFL for at least one day. So that, that's great for all of us. That's great for all of us. Yeah, cue the Lane, cue the Lane Kiffin uh, coaching rumors when he shows Let's up in Tampa, right? You take care of yourself, Rick. Enjoy your time uh, off, time down with family and friends. And let's chat when uh, when training camp's open. I look forward to great it. Great to be with you, Rich. Let's, let's do it again. Right back Thanks. at you. Rick Stroud, at NFL Stroud on Twitter. I follow him. You should as well. This man is on top of everything with the defending world champs. And I love how he said Brady's sitting back saying, yeah, every single team that I dealt with in free agency thinks I'm talking about them. So mission accomplished. And another check mark of him just lobbing something into somebody else's front office and everybody else's locker room. Although, you know, whoever the MFR is can feel good that his front office decided to stick with said MFR instead of going with Tom Brady. <laughs> True. But everybody well, is left base. walking around saying, Son of a- All right, we'll take a break. Come back again. uh, There is some news out of the NBA for the playoffs. And I'm going to try and fix replay. I gave a couple of suggestions last week. I got two more tweaks for NBA replay coming up. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. There's a a story I want to hit uh, right now uh, involving Bryson DeChambeau. Anything involving Bryson DeChambeau is an immediate attention getter and we it must is. have turned our attention to it. What's going on with Bryson yeah, DeChambeau? Yeah, and, and especially when it involves Bryson and Brooks Kepka. Ah. Okay, so we know that um, the match is coming up next week. Between, Tuesday. Between Tuesday night, Montana. However, Bryson is in Detroit right now uh, for the Rocket Mortgage Classic in which he is the defending champion. Now, why are we bringing this up? Yes, well, sir. Bryson and his caddy, Tim Tucker, the event starts today. Bryson tees off in like two hours. Him and his caddy are taking a break. His caddy, Tim Tucker, are... Bryson told ESPN that he's not exactly quitting, right? but they're taking some time off. Sort of like Ross and Rachel? Yes. He did not specify how long the break would be. And I say this, so is he allowed to be on someone else's bag? Because they're on a break? 
Great question, Rich. Not <laughs> sure. So. Not the first time this has happened. Tucker quit, in quotes, in 2017 and then reunited with DeChambeau back in 2018. So if Tucker shows up somewhere else during this tournament, he could say we were on a break. Technically, so yes. Okay. Technically, so yes. So where, 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 now why is Kepka involved in this? Kepka, <laughs> Brooks Kepka has no chill when it comes to DeChambeau. After this news came out... Not that long that ago. That he and his caddy are suddenly on a break. Suddenly on a break and not you know, going to be on his bag for this tournament in which he's the defending champion. Right. Brooks Kepka tweets out a picture of him with his caddy saying, <laughs> couldn't do it without my guy Rick. Best friend and greatest caddy to do it at Ricky Elliott Appreciation Day. 100. Keep it 100, Brooks. I mean, the pettiness, <laughs> bro. This is another level. Couldn't do it without my guy Rick. Best friend. And cat, greatest caddy <laughs> and to do greatest it. Caddy. Keeping it 100. How bad must it be to quit right at, or take a break, pardon me, right at the outset of a tournament? Like hours before. Hold on. Also knowing you get to hang with Brady and Aaron Rodgers in, 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 a, in a friendly next week. Yeah. It's going to be viewed by Billions of people. Just, you know what I mean? Everyone's like, going to be watching. You get to hang for the day with Brady and Rodgers. You just have to stick with it at least for one more tournament, one, right? One more. Just make the weekend. You're the defending champ. It just became Caddy Appreciation <laughs> Days retweeting Big Cat. How often do caddies quit right before a tournament starts? Not asking for anything, but just curious. And then Kepka, it just became Caddy Appreciation Day. <laughs> wow. Just wow, man. No chill, just indeed. Wow. No chill, indeed. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. So uh, Giannis, it's been announced by the Bucks, is out for game five. That's it. I don't think that's a surprise, nope. right? So he's out for game five. We are waiting to see Trey Young's um, status. And Clint, Clint Capella. Correct. Yeah. Man, it's just a battle of attrition right now there. Yeah. So a um, couple of weeks ago, I made two suggestions for NBA replay. As you know, I'm, I'm an NFL replay expert. You know that. You know that. Stop. Stop. You know, very rarely <laughs> will I toot my own horn. I'm an expert at this stuff. Toot, toot. I know it. I feel it. You were just dying to get on the competition committee. For the for the NFL? Yes. I deserve NFL. to be there. Yes. Not dying to get on. I deserve a spot. I deserve to and be now there. And now I deserve a spot. They should send me to the, board of the next Board of Governors meeting. <laughs> let me let me, let me me hash this out for you, NBA folks. And the thing is, I, I don't think that would be a terrible idea. My two my two tweaks were based off of the game two uh, of the Western Conference Finals. It took a half an hour to play, mm-hmm. uh, 33 minutes to play the final 90 seconds, and 11 minutes to play the final point nine is two things. One, you're allowed, you allow the team, one team to refuse the replay. Okay? The Clippers were not going to get the ball back, right? Or the, it was a ball off on the Clippers, and they reviewed it to see if the ball belonged to Phoenix. And yeah. in that timeout is when Monty Williams sat everyone down and said, hey, let's do the value. Yeah. And the Clippers could have easily said, look, it was out on us. We think it's out on us. We saw the replay. Don't replay it. We don't want you to replay it. I don't want to give that other team a chance to huddle up. Make that switch. That's number one. Number two, if another team, this is what took the longest in my mind with, with the whole replay situation, is after the Valley Hoop, they went back to replay to go check out who's on the floor. And if you don't send the same, you know best, if you're the coach, you know the best who was just on the floor for you. And if not, have a guy on your staff who keeps track of who's on the floor for you. So during this long replay, that is not an official timeout that you have to put the same five back on the floor, it's on you if the wrong five are on the floor. 
It's a technical foul. The other team gets to take a shot. How's that sound? Those are two tweaks I made last week. Here's some other ones. Number one, allow a team have a coach's challenge in the first half. One each half, man. Don't just say one a game because last night there was a moment that Ty Lue didn't challenge something that he sh- he would have if it was the last two minutes of a game where he would have challenged possession belonging to him and not Phoenix, didn't challenge it, even though it looked obvious that they should have been Clipper ball, yeah. ruled Phoenix ball, and then Booker throws in a three. Okay, so instead of instead of you getting a couple, I think, or it might have been something where the Clippers could have gotten two free throws. Instead, he doesn't challenge it, just keep possession going to Phoenix. I think it was a foul on the Clippers. Called a foul on the Clippers. It's still Phoenix ball. Booker, Booker throws in a three. It's like a five-point swing. And he would have absolutely done that if it was later in the game. But he didn't because he needs to keep one in his back pocket for later in the game. Give him one for the first half, one for the second half. Come on. I mean, it's just as important to replay stuff in the first half. It can be. Yeah. And so how many coaches, like, it would have to take somebody to do the most egregious thing possible that would maybe foul out the other player somehow in the first half for a coach to use a challenge in the first half of a game. Yeah, I'm, I'm always shocked when they use the challenge in the first half because it's like, you got you got to hold on to it for later. Just, right. Yeah. One in each half. And here's the other one. No more replays on whether something's a common foul or a flagrant foul. No more of that. It's all interpretive dance. Yeah. And it just takes forever. And it's just like, well, he just mugged him. Did he mean to do it on purpose? Let's see a replay that might not actually show it. You're looking at, you're stopping a game for intent. And it's nuts. And I and, and I love these guys. They're on the show. But I don't want to hear Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy argue over the sissification of the game or whether this really meant it, or that was ticky-tack, and this is what... Because it's all interpretive dance. It's all in the eye of the beholder, whether you think yeah. it is flagrant or not, and then it comes back. We sit there for 90 seconds, and somebody goes, it's a flagrant one, which I have no idea what a flagrant one means. Yeah. You know, and I'm a diehard fan of the game, and I do this job for a living, and some people don't have any idea. Flagrant one, flagrant two, what the hell does that mean? Well, it means more points on the, on the odometer towards the suspension. Who cares? Who cares? Make the ruling. Was it flagrant? Was it not? Not reviewable anymore. We're not stopping for that sort of stuff because you could do that 19 times a game, and they are. And it ruins the flow of the game, and it has two terrific announcers arguing with each other about it's. It's. It's sort of like when I go. <laughs> no, honestly, when I go to a museum, or mm-hmm. you know, Susie takes me, drags me into some sort of gallery, and we're looking at art. What do you think? What do you think? Well, I think it's interpretive of the common blah, 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 blah. And it's all it's all yada, yada, yada. It's all like Charlie Brown's teacher to me. Wah, 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 wah. And it's just like, I, I see this, you see that. We both like the piece of art. Can we move on? That's what I feel like this review process for a flagrant or common foul is quit it enough enough you see it you feel it it's a gut i'm interpreting it in real time why do i need to zapruder film this thing and stop the game no more you're welcome nba michael smith a brother from another joining us at the top of the next hour so much to talk to with this man when we come back what <laughs> the art thing it's like it's, it's what it, it's it's dead it, on what it is it's dead on i agree with what you said about like i mean i know we love jeff van gundy but there maybe it's because a lot of the things he didn't like were going against my team but i i found myself becoming very frustrated with him and watching. i love him 
But, this, he, you know, it, it's just like, that. You know, he just stuck a finger in his eye. And, you know, he's trying to have some fun with it. You even said somebody whose head hit the ground, you know, and somebody now he's got a concussion or whatever. And he's just joking. But it's just, it happens now four or five times yeah, a game. Way too often. And so I don't need to hear those two guys are taking one side or the other. Like, it's immediately like an NBA version of Crossfire that I would turn off if I was watching it. Yeah, I feel you. And I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. I don't care. You know what I mean? It's just like, so, and then, and then, you know, that was definitely, like last night, Pat Beverly took a full windup to try and stop, you know, block DeAndre Ayton. He did get all ball, but then on the follow three, got his head. Mm-hmm. And they stopped the game to see, is that a common foul or a flagrant foul? And up? they're like, let's go to, let's go to uh, command central. Well, he did. Was it a common foul or this or that, whatever? And it, did he hit his head? He, well, he did hit his head. And that actually checks the box for flagrant foul. But the reason why he had to take a full windup is he probably needed that full windup to get high enough to even reach Ayton's apex. <laughs> yeah, you got a 6'3 guard and a 7'1 right. center. So like, he has right. to wind up. Exactly. <laughs> right. And so after all and he that, got all ball. and they're arguing about flagrant foul. He did get all ball, but the follow through got yeah. him in the head. And they rightfully ruled that a common foul, which is what they did in real time. But we just wasted a minute and a half, two minutes, and two outstanding analysts are arguing each other over a piece of, you know, officiating that makes me think like I'm in some sort of museum. What do you see, Rich? Well, I, I see a painting. That's what I see. Yeah, no, but what does it mean? What does it evoke in you? And I just feel like, you know, when's lunch? <laughs> that's the way I feel. And I, I I know I should be more cultured, but that's the way I'm finishing sitting here. I'm like, that's a foul. What Was it invoke? called a common foul? Was it called a flagrant foul? <laughs> Two free Let's throws, not stop and see. Yeah. I'm okay but we're not going to stop when there's an out-of-bounds play because we've got to keep it moving. It's just too arbitrary and it's yeah. driving me nuts. And too I think arbitrary. fans are being driven nuts by it too. I agree. Can't wait to go to the museum next time. (laughs) Put it in the Louvre. For real. No, really. Really. I can't.